0: This is the Wired Up Sports Podcast with Jerry Peralta and Josh Coleman. Back here in KMSA studios, Jerry Peralta along with Josh Coleman here for the Wired Up Sports Podcast. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Jerry? I am tired. These past couple weeks that. have been crazy.
1: Yeah, I feel that. I am exhausted, and I, our weekend is only just starting, Jerry.
0: Yeah, our weekend is going to get even busier than it is right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it's it's not going to be
0: the the laziest weekend in the world for either of us. Man, I wish it was. That'd be great. Me too. Coming up on midterms and everything, I oh. I'd like to do. I'd like to get some R and R. I'd like to. Study a little bit. Do something for class. Study? What are you talking about, Josh? We're not... <laughs> we're mass communication students. We don't study. We just have yeah. projects we need to do last minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: we kind of have to study it with the reading of the books, but I mean... Yeah, it depends on the class. Yeah, I don't know how many books either of us have really read this, this semester.
0: <laughs> but I mean, we have some interesting stuff today. The, the sports world's really has a lot of interesting things going on, especially in the college men's college basketball. But we'll get to that later. Diving into some NFL talk recently, we saw Dak Prescott signed the largest contract in NFL history, beating out Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, etc. He signed a four year contract, $160 million to stay in Dallas. Um, and he has, he has $126 million guaranteed. There's two key details in this contract that are very interesting. There's a no-trade clause and a no-tag clause, and he averages about $42 million a year over the course of these first three seasons, and he'll get $75 million on the first during the first season and a $66 million signing bonus. Wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a record signing bonus, and I will...
1: By the end of this contract, Dak's going to be a very, very, very rich man because he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. This contract, one, is already making him a really rich man. But the endorsements that he's going to get that just because he's the Cowboys quarterback, immense. He's, he's going to be making a lot of money. But there's one thing that I really want to bring up, and I, I didn't know about it until I was doing some reach, research on this topic last night, Jack's contract is technically a 6-year, $240 million contract. But the final 2 years are voidable, which basically means that the Cowboys can void those last 2 years, make the money into additional signing bonus money and use that use the what would have been a salary cap hit to go spend money on free agents, re-sign players. They can do whatever they want with that money. I like that. It's kind of the way Tom Brady's been doing his deals for forever, basically. Um, but it's it's something that I think sets teams up nicely. I do I do still think that Dak's contract is going to be a slight hindrance to the Cowboys' salary cap, especially this year and maybe next year. Um, but it's I like the way that he did it, and I really really like the no tag clause and the no trade clause because it sets stack up to get paid again at 31 and it, it he just worked his this contract perfectly.
0: Yeah, and I mean after all the almost pretty much org with inviting within the organization trying to get himself paid um watching Ezekiel Elliott get paid over him um way overpaid. Way overpaid, but we'll get we'll get into the overpaid comment here in a second. Um, to kind of give you an idea on why the Cowboys probably signed Prescott to the a record-breaking contract, we have to dive back into t- this last season. Dak Prescott in 2020, I mean, the Cowboys learned from their mistakes. And and we said this initially, when, or at least I said this initially, when, when Ezekiel Elliott was up for a contract. Instead of paying Ezekiel Elliott and then later paying Dak Prescott, let Zeke hold out. You let Dak Prescott play and you see how well the team does with Dak Prescott. And then you can determine how much you're going to pay Ezekiel Elliott based off of how good or bad Dak Prescott does. Now at the time, I wasn't that high on Dak Prescott. So I figured uh, if they did that, he would just, you know, he would just be bad he wasn't really going to do much going back to this last season though I mean Dak Prescott got injured in week broke his ankle in week five and the Cowboys offense just suffered horribly The to give you an idea on how bad this was they went from a unit that was scoring thir- over 32 points a game to 21 without Dak to 21 points a game without Dak Prescott and then Every skill position statistically they suffered going into the season uh, Dak Prescott had reset the mark for most passing guards in the first four games as he already had over a thousand yards and then the moment he went down all the everybody's stats started to plummet because they, they didn't have the quarterback Andy Dalton Went out with a concussion, so you were stuck with Ben DiNucci. I mean, there's there's so many variables there that came out of Dak Prescott going down, and we saw what happened. The big thing, though, and Josh and I talked about this was, of, I believe he was a former uh, Cowboys, Michael Irvin, Mm -hmm. Hall of Famer. Yeah, he made a comment that me and you, (laughs) me and you, kind of that me and you disagreed with. May, but basically saying that Dak Prescott's leadership ultimately will lead him to becoming the next Tom Brady. We did not agree with this, and here's why. there, There's so many other players. If you're going to compare anybody to Tom Brady, I, I would say the closest one could potentially be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they. I agree with that. I think
1: now they don't do the same thing skill-wise, but I think the next closest to that Patrick or Tom Brady level determination and willfulness to just get it done, I think Mahomes is the next closest. I just felt like not to slander Dak or anything, talk badly about him. I just don't think he's ever going to be a Tom Brady-esque quarterback. They do similar things. Dak's way more athletic, but... They both can throw the ball anywhere on the field. But Dak does not have the instincts and the natural just ability to make plays and the right plays at quarterback like Tom Brady does. And I'm, there's not not many guys who do. It's Tom Brady's in a league of his own. Patrick Mahomes can possibly get there. And it, it's just not something that is really set up for Dak he's not going to be a a Tom Brady quarterback style it's it's just never going to happen and it's partially because it's the Cowboys there's always going to be a bunch of distractions Tom Brady has never had that
0: no well and you also have to take into consideration too you make a comment like that you were excluding so many other quarterbacks who exemplify great leadership like Tom Brady and you're just putting them to the side for the sake of oh this guy in particular because he's a cowboy, yeah is gonna be is gonna be the next Tom Brady and again there's nothing we don't have I don't have anything against Dak a- I mean at this point he is he's going to at least he, last season before he went out with injury he showed that he was at least an elite quarterback I would agree he he showed that much. Um, I mean, he became the first quarterback ever
1: to throw for 450 yards in three consecutive games.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, he's shown that he can do that much. Whether he'll have the level of success and be as good as Tom Brady, I doubt it. But, I mean, like Josh said, Tom Brady's in a league of his own. There's really – there's no there's no chance that we see anybody come close to being in Tom Brady's league level. And, then I, and i and i say the closest one is going to be Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes has at least the longevity to be able to be great for a long time.
1: Well, and he's also started similarly to Tom Brady with one Super Bowl, multiple appearances. Um, he's already got the MVP which Tom Brady didn't have at this point in his career, but I mean, Mahomes has all of the tools and all of the capabilities especially with the Chiefs and their roster to possibly get to 6 Super Bowls. I don't think Dak is ever going to get close. He
0: might get one or two. I say that, I say the Cowboys will eventually with if they keep Dak and they actually are smart with how they set up their team, they could potentially make it to a Super
1: Bowl. That's where I just don't trust it is yeah. them being smart setting up their team and building the right roster.
0: Getting to the team though, the organization. This contract signing did not come without some form of uh, backlash, regret. I I don't know. Jerry Jones. I mean, we're seeing that with Jerry, we're seeing this particularly with Jerry Jones. I can't tell if he's being sincere or if he's being if he's being passive aggressive or if he's upset about this. That's per- a little bit of both. <sighs> yeah, pretty much Jerry Jones made a comment that they, that the Cowboys overpaid for Dak and in the comment he sco- he says this if anyone has ever taken advantage of me financially I'm proud it's the one next to me. What? <laughs> yeah, I
1: it just feels like a backhanded compliment.
0: Yeah, and we'll get into that cuz he he follows that up with the truth. Truth is most anything that I have ever been involved with ended up being special. I overpaid for every I ended up being special I overpaid for. Every time to the end. Anytime I've tried to get a bargain, I ju- got just that. It was a bargain in a lot of ways and not up to standard. What? <laughs> is he calling out Tony Romo? Is he, calling out, is he calling out Tony Romo? Or if he is he actually making a comment at Dak Prescott? I can't tell. Uh, I the, know. The, the, this is... The, these comments are so backwards like they they leave the realm of reality because you can't tell if he's being sincere or being serious or being sarcastic
1: yeah it's i just can't necessarily get behind the way jerry jones does business and does all that stuff because i mean at the end of the day like you're saying we don't know if this is sincere him trying to be nice to Dak, or if he's trying to tell Dak, hey you better show out because i
0: it, to me, you are not worth it at this moment in time. That's what it feels we, like. We just paid you a bunch of money. You better show up. Yeah. And Stephen A. Smith, we like to use him a lot. He made a com- He talked about this comment on First Take the other d- or recently. Um. Let Let's see what he had to
2: say about this.
0: Stephen A. Uh, how should Dak feel about Jerry's overpaid comments? There.
2: No, I think it's a backhanded slap. It's acknowledging I overpaid you. I don't think you're worth as much as I'm giving you. That's what the hell he's saying. You understand that he might have said it with a smile on his face because Jerry's got that swag. Jerry could sit there and insult you and make you feel like you're ten feet tall all at the same time because he's got that kind of skill. Okay, as an orator, as a businessman, and just as a, as an overall personality, it's impossible not to love Jerry Jones if you're around him. Trust me, I know this. Okay, I hate Dallas Cowboy fans. They make me sick. Okay. I'm just talking about Dallas Cowboys and not just people. I'm just talking about Dallas Cowboys fans. We know how I feel about them. Almost All right, best friends are Dallas <laughs> yeah, Cowboys And I don't fans. like them when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. As much as I love them, I don't talk to them when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys because I can't stand listening to them say, how about them Cowboys, when they continuously lose and they act like they're something some special. The best, some they don't take an opportunity. Yeah. They don't take a moment to smell a stench that they leave in their wake, and I can't stand that about them. He
0: goes off on a tangent, obviously, like we just heard, talking about the Dallas Cowboy fans, which is fair. Dallas Cowboy fans are insufferable. Yeah, they're the worst. Um, I know a couple who aren't bad, but it... it The vast majority. Yeah, it, it's, it's like how most people look at Seattle fans. We're insufferable. Yeah. But there are the good ones. It like depends. yourself, Jerry. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I don't get it. Even Stephen Ace thinks these are backhanded comments to pretty much say, we don't think you're as good as you're worth or as we're paying you. But, hey, it's an investment. Let's see what happens. He, he, Jerry Jones sounds like he's treating Dak like real estate. I may be overpaid for you now, but maybe in the fe- but maybe down the line in these four years, you'll be worth double or triple what I just paid you
1: that's actually an interesting point that i hadn't thought about he is treating dak like real estate like it's a long-term investment which it is because it's a quarterback you're going to need him long-term but four-year contract it just it doesn't seem like jerry is sure about the move either like he like he like we've said has is unsure with how Dak is gonna play, especially coming off of this ankle injury. He feels like he overpaid, but and I know you're gonna be on board with me with when I say this comment, Jerry, because I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, that the Cowboys should not have paid Zeke as much money as they did. They should have paid Dak last year before franchising him because the price tag went up. He only played five games, but he became the first quarterback ever to throw for 450 yards three consecutive games. He still threw for more yards than a couple of quarterbacks who actually got into the – or who played last season. and it, Despite his injury, his price tag still went up, and that's what we were all expecting. And if he didn't get hurt, that price tag was going to be through the roof. And so Dak or Jerry Jones is almost getting a bargain here.
0: Yeah, it, it, and i i don't get the comment i i've paid for bargains and i get what i paid for it's da- <laughs> i i get it the when you pay these players contracts you're investing in them and i get it's kind of pretty it's the nfl the way a lot of these pro sports work is some form of like real estate kind of investment you're yeah. investing in the players to see how they'll do long term um just the way these comments sounded, I don't, I don't think Jerry Jones is to- is hundred percent on board with this. I feel like if anything, he was against this, because yeah. he was against this. I want to say he he had made comments before how he was not willing to pay Dak the prices that he was asking. Um, but in regards to them actually finally just paying him. I don't think this was a Jerry Jones decision. I I think what happened was was the the ma- management GM con- convinced Jerry Jones to let him at- sign Dak rather than go out go out and get somebody else and pay them long term just to maybe see what'll happen. At least with Dak, they know what they're gonna get because they they've seen it before. They saw what happened when Dak went out with injury, so they have a good idea. So I think I don't think Jerry Jones was the one who made the final decision. I think the general manager convinced him. He said okay, but we're only gonna go for this long, and we're and we'll just pay him the max amount because that way, once he's done, if if we decide we want to get rid of him, then then all that cap space will be ready to come back once we get rid of him fair
1: i will disagree a little bit with that comment just because i think it was jerry jones who made the final decision to pay Dak. just because i don't know how many i didn't watch a ton of cowboys games last year but when i was watching red zone they would flip to jerry jones sometimes he looked like the most unhappy man of all time at every cowboys game last year so i think this was jerry jones saying i don't want to lose nearly as much as we did last year without Dak. So let's sign him, get him some protect. I think they're going to make some moves up front as well, try to bring in a guard, a center, a tackle to really protect Dak. But I think it was Jerry Jones who said, I can't, my reputation can't handle another season like this, so let's repay Dak.
0: Well, if that's the case, Jerry Jones, your reputa- your reputation's already in shambles. Buddy. Yeah. The, the, there's no recovering from it. Mm. I mean, I can't. I can't look at Jerry Jones and not think of the South Park iteration, <laughs> where, where his where his eyes are too far apart. My eyes ain't too far apart. <laughs> that's the that's every time I see Jerry Jones on camera, I just think of that. And <laughs> when we come back, we're gonna take we're gonna keep stay on this NFL talk. Off season has just been wild. Jerry Peralta, Josh Coleman, Wired Up. Back here on Wired Up, Jerry Peralta, along with Josh Coleman. We just got done talking. Dak Prescott signed a record-breaking contract and... And we got to we got into a little more of the side of Jerry Jones. I guess that was a Jerry Jones topic because we Yeah, we did go we, off we, on a little tangent. We went off on a tangent and just started complaining about that. But I mean, regardless, Dak Prescott is paid and I wish him the best, although I wish the Cowboys the worst. So, to do with that information, what you will. <laughs> Josh, the NFL offseason. I mean, this this offseason has just been wild if i do say so.
1: Yeah, the only thing that hasn't made it truly wild is the Deshaun Watson trade which we're all waiting on.
0: We're waiting on that and according to I want to say it's the GM of the Texans that Deshaun Watson will stay with the Texans. They they are not going to Both
1: the GM and the head coach have said similar things along the line of we're committed to Deshaun Watson. He's
0: yeah, he, he's our quarterback. Um he, we're we're committed. You guys ain't treating him like he's committed. You didn't sign. You you don't re-sign Will Fuller, who is probably the now best receiver on your receiving core. Well, he's the best receiver in that
1: on that roster.
0: So you don't sign him. You haven't really made any moves. You, you the only move you made was you signed Mark Ingram, at running back, which eh, eh. yeah, doesn't do a ton for him. You, Plus, they are not they are not treating Deshaun Watson like they respect Deshaun Watson and they are not treating Deshaun Watson. Like he is your guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's,
1: I, I expected some sort of reconciliation to happen at this point. Um, but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Deshaun, everything that I've seen shows that he wants out and that he's done being a Texan, but I, I don't understand where the sentiment of he's our quarterback, he's our guy, he'll be here next season. And I don't understand where the sentiment comes from because Deshaun Watson has said on multiple occasions, I'm not coming back. And it seems like he is willing to accept the fines that are going to come with him potentially not playing the the next season. It seems like he's going to accept those
0: fines and not play. It's, well, he's uh, not coming to training camp. Well, and, you know, you bring up the fines... How much are they really gonna cop charge him? I think the highest fine. I've seen somebody get from being opting from Holding out was like 50,000. Yeah, I
1: mean I think in the long run if he were to sit out a whole season He would lose that year's worth of money, which is gonna be a fair amount, but it's It's not like he isn't already a very rich man. They already paid him a lot of money
0: Yeah, to kind of give you give an idea of Watson here he he's requested a trade less than six months after signing a four-year, 156 million dollar contract extension that w- goes all the way through 2025, now this trade—the trade request came after Watson just expressed his unhappiness with with the Texas organization, the unhappiness with the owner. Because it's obvious these guys don't care for Deshaun Watson; they don't care for the fans. They, they they're just they're just in it for a check. And yeah. unfortunately, they're going to keep getting it. But if you really think about it, he has a no trade clause in that contract. But given the length of his contract, and say he, say he holds out and he doesn't play for the four years, there's a possibility that the Texans can franchise tag him for three more years. So say he eventually comes back and plays. They could potentially franchise tag him for three more years, and they could not trade him all the way, and he could not get traded all the way at least until 2028. The Texans would have the rights to Deshaun Watson for that long, which I get why Deshaun Watson wants out of there now.
1: Yeah, the, the no trade clause in his contract actually benefits him in this situation because he can, if the Texans do trade him eventually, he can choose whatever team he gets traded to because he can break or break the no trade clause or um accept I can't remember the technical term for it, but basically break the no trade clause so that he can get shipped off somewhere else. But
0: wouldn't it be funny if Deshaun Watson holds out, signs up, signs for a different team, but says he's the twin brother brother of Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Deshaunnee Watson. <laughs> that, would, <laughs> that would be hilarious. He just comes up with an alt, like alternate, alternative uh, identity. <laughs> that would be ju- hilarious. just until he holds out long enough for the Texans to finally release him. So he's still, he'll still be getting paid. <laughs> he'll still be getting paid from the, <laughs> from whichever their team he plays for, and then he could use that money to pay off the fines from the Texans. <laughs> That would, be, that would be
1: legendary if that ever happened. <laughs> but the whole controversy with Deshaun Watson starts with the Texans just not interviewing Eric Bieniemy. They eventually do in the offseason, but it's like three weeks after Deshaun Watson has, had asked for it. And to be honest, I don't understand why he wasn't interviewed anyway. Bieniemy to me, is one of the up-and-coming head coaches that is eventually going to get a job and take over a team, and they're going to be... So good with the enemy is their head coach. He's a tremendous offensive mind and he would have paired perfectly with Deshaun Watson. So I don't understand why now you're really invested in Deshaun Watson. When you, when he said that's the coach that I want to play for and you don't even give him an interview until three weeks later when Deshaun Watson has asked for a trade, said, I'm not playing for you guys because of this. And then the, the relationships basically are soiled. It, And then you interview B enemy as basically a consolation, like, hey, we'll do this just so you stay because we didn't we kinda called your bluff. We didn't think you were actually gonna ask for a trade and want to leave.
0: Yeah, and in regards to that, Deshaun Watson, I, I mean, to be honest, the relationship was frayed the moment DeAndre Hopkins got traded. Yeah, I don't because Billy-o-stooge, man. Because the moment that that trade happened, it was clear that soon Deshaun Watson is probably going to want to be, going to leave not far behind.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that trade, the trade for, I just forgot his name, the Dolphins tackle who they paid a ton of money to.
0: Oh, I don't even remember his name, but I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and then the David Johnson, like, both guys ended up costing the Texans more money than if they would have just paid DeAndre Hopkins, and then they wouldn't even be in this situation. Although Billy O'Stooch still may be their coach if that's the situation. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, win-lose. The the new head coach of the Texans, um, Trent, David Coley, um, he, you know, he was asked about Deshaun Watson, and he said... Deshaun Watson is a Houston Texan, and we're committed to him, and as of right now, there is no contingency plan if Watson chooses to sit out rather than play for Houston. Poor planning on your part, Houston. Apparently, according to this article, the Texans head coach met with Watson over Zoom, like, last month, and the quarterback reiterated that he never wants to play in Houston again or play for Houston again. The head coach... Coley de- declined to to answer to say what they discussed as it's he's keeping it between those two but according to Coley, the the organization and the team's invested in Watson but Watson's not invested in the team and and you know I, this is my thing we'll we'll get into the other parts of the free agent of the offseason here in a second i'm just going to make this point it's i think it's a good thing that we're looking at this story and it's not, we're not seeing anything, any kind of um, kind of attack pieces on Watson for being like a bad team player and stuff. Because, because this is one of those situations where a player holds out for something. And then you look at that and then we see the articles like, Oh, he's a bad team player. He's not, he's not a leader. We don't even want him anyway. This is one of those situations where it's like, Yeah, we kind of see why he's upset, and we see why he needs to go or why he wants to leave. Yeah, I think
1: the NFL is moving towards kind of what the NBA's marketing style, whatever you want to call it, but it's a player's league. The NBA is a player's league. They run everything. Whatever they want usually happens. The NFL is moving towards that. So I think that's why we're not seeing slander pieces, people calling Deshaun Watson out, calling him a bad teammate because – I think everybody realizes that the Texans did it to themselves. Yep. It isn't like Deshaun Watson traded his number one wide receiver himself and then took on more money. Like this, I I think your point of Deshaun Watson, I think the relationship started to get frayed when you trade DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's a good point because it's not like the Texans were able or even really tried to replace that talent. They brought in Brandon Cooks, who I like, but – is not the Brandon Cooks we used to see. Then Randall Cobb, who's too old to be consistently relied on. Kenny Stills, who I really don't even remember seeing him play a ton this year. They still have Kiki Kuti, who's solid but didn't see him a ton. And when some guys injured, were injured, Fuller got suspended. That's when you saw Cootie's impact start to... Come out, but it's not like the Texans did anything to help Deshaun Watson. So I'm not now I'm not surprised. I don't think
0: anybody is moving away from Deshaun Watson. That that was a tangent. I didn't think we were going to get to. Mm, yeah, um, either. I mean, there's a lot of players hitting the free agency market uh, and a lot of teams are making cuts and releases to get to save some cat some cat space. Excuse me. What two of the biggest uh, hits This offseason was recently the Kansas City Chiefs released number one overall right overall draft pick right tackle Eric Fisher and then uh, our starting right tackle Mitchell Schwartz. Both of both of them started excuse me, but with those two gone the Chiefs are going to save more than 18 million uh, dollars against the salary cap, so they they can build the Chiefs now can build on some key spots, but I mean that's that's huge for the Chiefs. And those two guys were really those two guys really helped cultivate that offensive line for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, and the reason that I was really really baffled by it was because we all saw what happened in the Super Bowl without Schwartz and Fisher. It's not like that offensive line held up just tremendously against the Bucks pass rush. That Bucks pass rush. I don't know why all of those words mixed in my head. Um but it's not like The Chiefs either they don't have a clear solution either. So now you have to either try to move up in the in the draft to get a guy like Penny Sewell who's going to be the number one tackle uh, off the board. I think you have to draft somebody now then you have to go into free agency or make another move for another left tackle. I think. This move potentially opens up the Chiefs trying to trade for Trent Williams, but it doesn't fully help their cap situation because he's going to get paid a ton of money. But it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I understand the Chiefs really, really are don't need a ton of pieces in their team. They need some more defensive help than anything. But if this move is just strictly cap decisions, I guess it makes sense if it's, if they're, if we're looking at everything, it doesn't make sense to me. You just cut two guys. I, they are 30, both are 30 or older, but it's not like they've really dropped off either. It's it. This decision has to be just a strictly a salary cap move because why would you cut both? Like in my mind, you wouldn't want to cut both of your starting tackles. You would want to keep one if you're going to move on from one. You would want to keep one to keep some continuity, some chemistry across that line, bring one person in, make that chemistry happen, and then get rid of the other in a year or two years. So it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, Another big thing was the Patriots re-signed Cam Newton to a one-year contract. Um, I believe, I don't, I don't know the details on that. I don't know if they've come out yet. It happened. this uh, morning. Here it is. Yeah. The Patriots signed Cam Newton to a one-year contract worth up to 14, cl- up to close to $14 million and about $6 million of the dollars is tied to incentives. So in that, in that, in terms of the Patriots, it looks like they're just trying to keep Cam Newton to be the, uh, kind of like teacher or the development guy for whichever quarterback they draft in or they pick up in the draft um which i think is, is not a terrible idea you, you get so you get a rookie quarterback who who could sit behind cam for a year learn the learn the lay of the offense I don't think they're gonna use obviously they're not gonna ha- use cam for uh to, to coach the uh the rookie, i mean cam could probably help him re- learn how to read nfl defenses. Mm-hmm. but i mean realistically cam's style of play just doesn't fit a lot of the rookies that are in the draft this year.
2: Yeah. um
0: so real so realistically i could i i think cam's just there to kind of help whoever the patriots pick up learn the offense really easily. um and then i think cam either cam's going to hit free agency next season. I'll say that much. He'll hit it. I don't know where he'll go. I don't even know. I don't know if he'll even get picked up, but he'll hit the free agent market next season. The football team will sign him. That'd be great.
1: <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I just, one, I love saying the football team Two. I just, I think that that's where he goes meet up with his old coach, Ron Rivera, who is still a big Cam Newton fan. It's just the most sensible place. Cause it's going to be a scheme that he's played in before. And to your point, Cam 1 doesn't really fit the Patriots' offensive scheme a ton, but he doesn't fit a ton of schemes just around the league. Cam's perfect fit was with Ron Rivera, and especially like we saw in that 2015 season, it really works out when both are both are doing well, but I don't know. I just didn't, I don't fully get the Patriots re-signing Cam just because it's not like, you're going to get anything or a ton of different looks from last year. I I know they had the most guys opt out, but it's 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 not like Cam is a game changer still. He's getting a little older. His arms not looking like what it used to be. It just doesn't fully make sense to me. I I actually somewhat expected the Patriots to go all in on a guy like Matthew Stafford. That there's rumors swirling that they're gonna go all in on Jimmy G and try to make him a Patriot again, but I don't fully know about that one. Um, I I expected them to go all in on a quarterback this this off season before we got to the draft, and I know we're still a month out of the draft, but I I don't know. I just don't fully get the Cam signing because. Not like he played that well in the system last year, and I understand he got COVID, but it's it's not the cam that we're we're used to seeing.
0: Yeah. What it, hell? Even Tom Brady signed a one year extension. He's not even a free agent um, yeah. with yeah. the Bucks, so that's, that's kind of how interesting this is. This is the Saints are cleaning house. They kind of have to at this point. They're about to be way over cap space. Yeah. The Saints have to clean house. They have to clean house. Um, I mean, uh, one of the biggest releases or just non signings that I saw, and I'm baffled that they, that, the, that he wasn't re-signed. Kenny Galladay for the Detroit Lions. I mean, this dude is probably was probably like he he could have been the next Megatron for Detroit because he was getting up there and in terms of statistics.
1: Yeah, and he's got... He's not as thick as Megatron, but he's got that same kind of height, that length that Calvin Johnson had.
0: Yeah, so the fact that he wasn't re-signed... Blows my mind. Yeah, it's just baffling. And, I mean, I'm looking at an article from ESPN. They kind of did, like, a simulation on offers and stuff. And they're predicting that he goes to the Patriots. The amount is absurd, for a receiver, it's crazy. I've never seen a receiver get paid this much. They, the ESPN simulated that the Patriots will offer 105 million dollars for a five year contract, 50 million guaranteed. What never gonna happen? That never gonna happen because the main, the main reason is skilled players like running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends they don't have very long, much longevity in the NFL mm-hmm. quarterbacks. You can pay that much because they're going be to look at what we're seeing with Tom Brady. Dude's 40, 44, 43,
1: 43. I think he's turning 44 this year. I don't he's know. He's up there. He's on,
0: al- yeah. he's almost 50. He's old. He's he, ha- old. he has been playing in the league for more than two decades now. And the guy is, and he's still playing. Quarterbacks have longer longevity because they're not taking as many hits as you see with the skill players. Hence why you would never see a receiver or a running back. And a running back should never get paid this much either. I'm pretty sure Zeke got paid relatively close to this. I think
1: it was 90 for the full contract.
0: Either way, you'll never see a skill player like this get paid in the hundreds of millions. Maybe like, like. A reasonable contract for, and I'm not, not to say anything against Kenny Galladay, but a reasonable co- contract for a guy like Kenny Galladay would be around maybe 30 to 40. And even then, that's generous. I,
1: I actually think that he could get a, like, four-year $80 million deal. Not all of it's going to be guaranteed. There's going to be a ton of incentives built in. But I could see Galladay getting, like, $80 million. Not this year, though. He's coming off a season where he played a very, very little amount. I think he only played three or four games, dealt with injuries. He didn't amass his usual numbers. And it's, and I, think, I, I think that's my real issue with this contract. is, One, no skill position's ever, ever going to get $105 million. If, if this offer did ever hit Kenny, Kenny Galladay's table and he didn't accept it, he's stupid. Cause that's a once in a lifetime off- opportunity yeah. and offer that that no team is ever going to replicate.
0: Yeah, either Kenny Galladay is stupid or he's got so much pride that he tells himself he's like, I didn't earn it. Last season I didn't play enough. I have to earn that. Does ornament. not matter. Does uh, it? If you get one hundred and five million
1: dollars to come across your table and you take it because you don't think you earn it, one, I respect you. You're a humble man. But it's just like you should never pass it up. But that contract is. I don't think, especially from the Patriots, who were historically not people to break the bank for for anybody—not even Tom Brady. Yeah, I
0: don't. I don't think that this would happen. The Patriots organization never broke the bank for anybody. Yeah, like like, they would—they would cut people based on how well they think they were going to do in the following season. Yeah, we saw it with Danny Amendola. We saw it with Wes Welker. I mean, they—the Patriots, Bill Belichick. Say which evil mastermind Bill Belichick. Say what you will against him, though. I mean, the, the dude has a mind for players. Just gonna say that much. Yeah. When we come back, talk some Premier Lacrosse League. The expansion draft just happened, and gotta say I'm excited. But some of these picks were a little interesting. Jerry Peralta, Josh Coleman, wired up. Back here at the KMSA studios here in Grand Junction at Colorado Mesa University. Jerry Peralta along with Josh Coleman for the Wired Up Sports Podcast. We just finished talking some NFL, but recently we've been talking a lot of Premier Lacrosse League. And we're gonna continue that trend of talking a lot of Premier lacrosse league. Because recently the expansion draft happened, the cannons. Yeah. The Cannons Lacrosse Club is now official, and we have the first 18 players on the roster. Technically
1: 19, because we know Paul Rabelo is also a cannon.
0: Oh, yeah, so 19 players, give or take. Give or take a few. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. It, it, they, I'm not mad at the picks. I like. I think they put together a really good team. Uh, there's just a couple that I questioned. My main one, my main one. They picked up Jacob Stover at goalie. The, the Cannons only picked up one goalie in the expansion draft, which, is, which makes sense. You have both the entry and the college draft coming up here. So, you know, maybe not get all your goalies here in the expansion draft. But um, my only thing, I have nothing against Jacob Stover, but are you seriously going to tell me you're going to pick up Jacob Stover over Jack Kelly at goalie? Yeah, I mean, we both are. <laughs> we're we're on the same
1: page with this with this pick.
0: Because God, I, somebody just needs to give Jack Kelly a chance. That's all yeah, I want.
1: The disrespect towards Jack Kelly continues. Um, not not to disrespect Jacob Stover. He's a really really good goaltender, and he's big. He's a big body in net but I don't think he's more consistent than Jack Kelly. I just, I both have similar styles of playing goalie, but Jack Kelly is much more consistent. He's, I think he makes more dramatic saves. Like he'll make the big stops more often than Stover will. But I just, I just don't get it. I, 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 for, I thought for sure Jack Kelly was a, a lock for the cannons goalie, a lock. But they took Stover, and I can't necessarily be mad because, like I mentioned, Stover's a good goalie. He's consistent. I don't think he's more consistent than Kelly, but it's not like they went wrong here. It, they, they did not pick a, a bad goalie here. Um, I just didn't fully understand it. But that's not even my biggest issue with this, Jerry.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Josh. What's your biggest issue?
1: I don't understand taking 3 faceoff guys. They take Drew Seminole at nine. Brendan Fowler at 14, and Thomas Kelly at 15. If you take Simino and Fowler, you don't need Thomas Kelly. One, because Fowler and Kelly, yeah, they do a little bit different things, but they're more similar than Simino is similar to everybody else. They all do different things at the face-off X. They do different things winning it. But no team in the world needs needs three face-off guys because one of them either isn't going to make the roster or he's going to get
0: moved. Like, the, well. It it does not make sense. To <laughs> me. Let, let, let me give you my thoughts all on right. this. I honestly think it's a stroke of genius. Now here's why. Now Josh, I see you shaking your head. Listen to my thoughts before you I'm, shake your head. I'm trying. It's a stroke of genius because it's exactly they're doing. They're going to do exactly what you said, Josh. They're not going to keep all three of them. They're gonna. They're 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 most likely going to keep Drew Semino. Most likely. Yeah. They'll keep him. But what you get when you have Thomas Kelly and Brendan Fowler on your team as well, you get draft stock. You can trade you can trade them away for specific players to teams who need face-off guys, all of Redwoods, a la whoever else, because I don't remember who else needs a faceoff oh, guy. Redwoods and the water dogs, really. That's it. Yeah. So you have draft stock there. Actually, no, the water dogs don't need a face-off guy. Either way, you have draft stock. You could get you could trade one of those guys away maybe get a player back, trade the other guy, get a draft pick somewhere. It's actually really genius if you think about it because th- they're, they're obviously not going to keep all of these guys because every lacrosse team should either have one or two face-off guys. Most PLL teams keep about two on the roster if
1: unless you have like a a Trevor Baptiste or a TD Erlin who is yeah. going to get drafted.
0: Yeah. So, So most likely... One, either Brendan Fowler or Thomas Kelly is going to get traded. And I think that's actually a smart move on the cannons. I, I didn't mind it because I get what they're trying. I understand what they're trying to do. Ultimately, they're going to trade them to some, to a team who really needs a face-off guy or that team that needs a face-off guy is going to come to them, trade for one of those two guys, and then worst-case scenario, they're giving up a a player and a draft pick. I get that.
1: I, but I, I'm going to contest that just really quickly. I don't think Thomas Kelly or Brennan Fowler are worth draft stock. the The most you get for them is a third round pick.
0: Exactly. That you you you're you're obviously not going to get first second rounders, but you can you can build up for a th- you can build up for a third rounder in the college draft, and get that and get somebody out of there. I don't think somebody
1: would take Thomas Kelly over a potential young guy. One, because Kelly. Is getting older. He's been in both leagues.
0: Well, I mean, m- most likely we wouldn't. S- I, I, I think if anybody gets traded, the- whoever it would be, Fowler, it's going to be Fowler. Yeah. May- and Thomas Kelly will stay because obviously no team is going to want Thomas Kelly. Not nothing against him, but like you said, Josh, he's older. But the reasoning though is they they will take a Brandon Fowler for a third round
2: pick. Depends, but you, but
0: and but- you also have to look at who has a lot of picks. The cannons could potentially steal like a late round pick from the Atlas.
1: Yeah, but the Atlas definitely don't need a face. They, they
0: definitely don't, but they, it's nice to have a backup. Josh just saying,
1: yeah, but I, I think you can get a better backup in the draft. I don't think any of these guys stand out more than anybody coming into the league. Like Alex Woodall, who's coming into the entry draft. Probably one of the better face-off guys coming in from the MLL. Yeah, but he's, he's going to be a top 5 he, faceoff guy in the in the PLO.
0: Yeah, but he's not going to – he will not last on the board, though.
1: No, I know. That's what I'm trying to say is, one, the Canons could have grabbed Alex Woodall in the entry draft or the – no, entry draft, sorry. Yeah, or the they could have gotten – um. dang it, I just forgot the faceoff guy's name. But they, there's T.D. Erland definitely getting taken first or second in the collegiate draft, but there's guys coming in that can make an impact in the face off X uh I just it doesn't make sense to me to draft three
0: I I get where they're coming from I I think they're potentially just gonna trade away Brandon Bre- Bre- Brendan Fowler God I could not say his name and that's what's gonna happen they'll the last topic before we take another quick break before we get to the final topic the last thing why didn't you take Miles Thompson I was sad about cause they picked up Clark Peterson and he played for the Redwoods. But then I saw that Miles Thompson was on the board and you picked Clark Peterson over that and then I just got angry. Yeah. And- cause if they cause they have the cause the Cannons have number one in the entry or entry draft, and you're obviously gonna pick up Lyles. Why not pick up Miles? Yeah and- the Thompson brothers. They
1: would have torn it up together. Yeah, they're the only two players to ever win a co tour award, which is the Heisman of lacrosse, a collegiate lacrosse. And so it doesn't make sense to me. You can have Lyle and Miles in that chemistry and be just superior at the attack position, but they,
0: they didn't. And I don't get that either. When we come back, we're going to talk NCAA. We're going to talk college men's basketball because, I mean... Just things are happening leading up to March Madness. Jerry Peralta, Josh Coleman, Wired Up. Back here on Wired Up. Last topic. And this one we're gonna kind of run through relatively quickly because, I mean, there's really not much we could say about this. We have, in the NCAA March Madness is coming up, and we have a couple of our first victims from COVID. What I mean by that, Duke, a, a team who I consider the powerhouse in NCAA college men's college basketball because. Regardless of how well they play in the regular season, they always seem to go pretty far in the March Madness tournament. Unless they're a two seed, yeah. I
1: don't know why they cannot get out of that first round of the if they're a two seed. They almost always lose to the fifteen.
0: Yeah, I don't get it either way, but but they just had it. They just had to drop out of the ACC tournament after having positive COVID tests. And I mean, this is this is re- crazy if you think about it because this is going to break a 24 year long streak for ncaa tournament appearances dating all the way back to 1996. so sad Uh, so sad history man it's it's broken (laughs) but i mean but that's crazy duke Missing the March Madness tournament is—it's it's unheard of. It never happens. Yeah, I—I
1: I was surprised. One, it's an unfortunate way to have it taken away from you. But this is—this was not a very normal Duke Blue Devil season. And I am a fan of Duke. I'm sure that will anger some of our listeners, but I don't really care. Uh, I'm a fan of—I'm not a diehard fan, but I'm a fan of Duke and. I, I One, I, I feel bad for any team that has to miss the NCAA tournament because they had po- positive COVID tests. And I feel bad because of all of the players' hard work to get to this point. But with that being said, you also have to be smarter. Like we saw in the we're, NCAA we're- D2 women's regional tournament with number one seed having to drop out Colorado school of mines.
0: Yeah. We Posit- saw, we saw that because, uh, and they had to drop out of the our the Rocky mountain athletic conference tournament, um, in the championship game, because they had a positive outbreak, um, which led to, I think, which led to the lower seed winning the championship altogether. Um, so, I mean, teams just need to start being smart about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, heck, even Virginia had to drop out of the NCAA tournament as well due to a COVID ACC. outbreak, or, or, well, ACC. I'm, I have NCAA in my notes, but I meant to put ACC. Either way, they had to drop out of that tournament because of a COVID outbreak. They'll make the most likely make March Madness because they are ranked 16th in the nation. They just gotta pass tests. They just have to pass tests. So, and and not to say that all the teams, like, I mean, it's possible that Duke and Virginia, they were following the protocols, but it's just, it happens because that's what, because ultimately that COVID COVID is so unpredictable. It just happens sometimes. You don't have to be doing anything out of the ordinary or going out and violating protocols. I still don't know how I got it in November. I don't even know how I got it. Um, but it, it, it's, it's shocking to see how, how we're, we made it all the way. We're, we're making it all the way to the tournaments and now we're starting to see teams really get hit with outbreaks and it's it's interesting to me that that's happening now
1: yeah it's almost
0: it's like they got a little
1: bit looser um not with their restrictions but with their attention to kind of detail late in the season which is is sad but it, i mean i i say you have to be smarter make sure you're not in those kind of situations where you can get it but it's it's hard to always avoid those situations like we both said we don't know how we got it back a couple uh five ish months ago um it it, it's just one of those things it's unfortunate that it's happening now if you're duke or virginia you almost wish that you caught it earlier in the season just so that you can avoid this situation but i mean it's sad all around, especially for Duke, because they were making a push to get into the tournament. They had to win the ACC tournament to get into the NCAA tournament, but they were making that push. They were really kind of making strides to get back into contention to be in March Madness, um, and then it just gets taken away because you have an outbreak, and that's, that's just unfortunate timing. Virginia, like you said, still should make it, um, it'll be interesting to see how many people. I don't actually know if they'll release that, but it'll be interesting to see if they do release it. How many people tested positive um, versus negative, and if they'll be able to play, barring they all pass tests.
0: Yeah. To close things out, we have a couple. We have a little bit of Matt's matters. It's our favorite favorite topic or favorite segment on this show. Josh, what do we have in terms of Matt's matters? The first tweet that I have, uh, I grabbed
1: because I imagine it's going to be incredibly relatable for you and myself. Um, It's in reference to the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference Championship for the men's basketball tournament. Um, Matt tweeted, my heart can't take it courtside right now. And I just, I related to that because that game was absolutely wild. Mavericks, CMU wins by one point in overtime. It was I think I said that on the call. That cuz we both broadcasted the game. I think I said that in the on the call of my heart can't take this right now. Like, yeah. it was so intense.
0: Yeah, that game was ridiculous. And it was nice it was fun that we were the ones who were doing commentary for that. But man, that game was crazy. The the art the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference men's championship game. That, that's the game we were talking about. That one was just ridiculous. It was wild. It was wild.
1: Uh, the other tweet that I have, I only pulled two today because I couldn't find a ton. That would have been really fun to talk about. Um, the other one is yet another tweet that I think we will relate to. Um, it's in reference to the baseball season, and it says, and I believe this is a retweet from Matt. Um, no, it's actually Matt's tweet. Sorry. Excuse me. It says, probably the least interested I have ever been in in a baseball season. Reading national articles talking about the re- rebuilding teams and the Rockies are being made fun of constantly. PBS Sports says that they look lost. It hurts. It hurts, <laughs>
0: man. Uh, I don't relate to it. I think it's funny. I, 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 Josh, I mean, we're not the biggest baseball guys here. No,
1: but it, I at least usually have some excitement for baseball starting back up just because the plays. The... Issue I will have with the baseball season is the month gap, the month month and a half gap where there's just no sports going on outside of baseball. That's really when I have an issue with it.
0: Cause you're just like, I'm sick of baseball. Something yeah. else happened. Yeah, that's usually what <laughs> happens. But I, I yeah, But hey, hey, that month and a half gap is gonna be filled with baseball and lacrosse.
1: Yes. Um but yeah, I was just I was just like, yeah, I don't care about baseball this year, especially the Rockies. I usually have some interest in how the Rockies are doing. I know it's just going to be terrible. Like, it's going to be a horrifying season for them. So I'm just uninterested in baseball in general right now.
0: Yep. That's going to do it for us here on today's episode of the Wired Up Sports Podcast. If you li- if you missed today's live show, go. you can go back and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. I've been Jerry Peralta, along with Josh Coleman. You have been listening to the Wired Up Sports Podcast.